This week on Prequel Sequel Remake. Uh, that seems illegal. It is. It is. <laughs> Aziz, light! You'll be alright. Oh, yes. Delicious calorie free suffering. <laughs> Don't miss Prequel Sequel Remake. No, but what's cooler than being ice cold? Um, sub threshold cold. Well, goddamn, Scott. Below zero. Just right. lead in with this, please. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, are we recording? Yeah, we're going. Some movies shouldn't exist. Let's pretend they do. I'm Peter Hunter. I'm Desmond Ports. I'm Scott Hanshu. And welcome to yet another installment of Prequel Sequel Remake, the movie and comedy podcast where we do what, Scott? We, um. Mm. Oh dear, he's. Oh man. I, I don't know what. What do we do? Uh, it's happening again. I, I put it very well last week, so let me do it again. Yeah, I guess that, uh, it's Des- we, we make up prequels, sequels, and remakes to movies that don't have them. Um, yeah, that's that, it. That, that's the gist of it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Yeah, I meant this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast. I thought you God. meant like, what are we doing? Um, no, that is okay. No, that's it. Was actually perfectly clear when you said it. That is. Well, now that I get it, now that I'm understanding, you know, yes, that makes sense. That is what we've been doing. We've been putting in the work, writing these scripts with the dialogues and the whatnots and the good fun times to be had by it all. Not to mention the explosions. Lots of explosions. Lots Um, of explosions. You haven't remember what this week's movie is, Scott. Yes. Now that we're, you know, acquainted with the premise, uh... I would like to point out that this week's movie is possibly The Fifth Element. Yeah. And by possibly, I mean it is. It's 100%. We didn't watch it for nothing. Yeah, no, we did. It's we true. watch it many times. You know, it's a classic. Yeah, I watch it probably every year. Yeah, so. it's classic. Um, actually, this is my first time seeing The Fifth <gasps> Element. I know. Um, and I will say, um, I thought it was really good. Of uh, course. There was some stuff like that was kind of weird about it, but overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. We'll get into really that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, go. Abs- it's an awesome sci-fi movie. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's great and memorable. And and I think it's a sci-fi classic. I don't think it's the best movie necessarily, no, but that not. doesn't matter all the time. It's it still doesn't, be good. you know. There's it, so much it's enjoyment. A, it's a good representation of what it what it was attempting to do. Absolutely, and, yeah. uh, nice self-contained story. Everything, everything you need to know is there. There's no fucking hooking you in for more. There's yeah. definitely no need for a prequel, sequel, or a remake. <laughs> no, not at all. This is the it's... case where some movies really shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah. but we're, we're about to prove that. Yeah, yeah. To, to to the uh, nth degree. And since this podcast is about the Fifth Element, uh, what is this movie about? Um, so essentially. Four elemental stones, when gathered and and used in conjunction with a a fifth supreme being, the fifth element, create a weapon to destroy the utmost evil, which in this film universe is a giant gaping black hole. Called Mr. Shadow. Called Mr. Shadow. (laughs) Um, So essentially, um, it's about... A cab driver, a New York, uh, future New York cab driver, uh, Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, uh, basically getting roped up in a plot to retrieve these stones and essentially get the fifth element, Lilu, 
who has been resurrected uh, from remnants of of herself in a sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. She's been re- resurrected by the military. Uh, basically, Corbin has to get her to the stones to defeat this impending evil um, that is working in conjunction with a, uh, a CEO of this evil company, um, Zorg. Zorg, played by Gary Oldman. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lilu, uh, uh, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, awesome yeah. action heroine. Uh, uh, um, this is like our first big thing, yeah, right? It um, is. Yeah. Um, but and that, Bruce that, Willis. Yeah, well, I said Bruce, yeah, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yeah. Well, it's worth saying again, yeah, true, you know, true. in case people weren't listening. Fair. Okay, uh, uh, it's uh, worth saying, um, saying again. Yeah, I, I will say, since uh, you just brought up Mila Jovovich, um, she's great in this. I love her performance in this. She's su- she, like... Plays off, she plays off like curious but not naive because you know she's supposed to be a supreme, super powerful being. There's not all those like stupid fish out of water moments. Like she doesn't try to eat like a banana and the peel at the same time. Yeah, very good like point. That. She's yeah. like very... absent of any K-Pax references yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, the produce alone uh, was important. Yeah. The, trip. the produce alone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is whatever that is. <laughs> um, 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 yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Absolutely. She made uh, she made up or she or her and somebody in the cast they developed this whole dialogue that this whole other mm-hmm. language that they could talk to themselves oh, really? in, which, was, which is really sweet um, yeah tons of really cool trivia for this one they're, they uh I, I also really appreciate how they set everything during like the blazing daylight, so you couldn't hide all of your special effects and shadows no. and darkness. It was like just cartoonishly well lit all around, which is Very. they always stray away from that in these sci-fi movies because of just how much extra you have to do to you know detail everything. The, yeah. the, the 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 future New York that they they portray is just really. Fun. Cool. It is. It's, it's, it's very super. the closest thing to like Jetsons. Just you know the cars in line, uh, or, or kind of you know, you know like the Back to the Future two future yeah. they go to. It's very much like that, and it, uh, yeah, the lighting and everything's colorful and fun. Yeah. Uh, down to the costumes, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, the costumes by Jean Paul Gaultier. Which if you look at <laughs> these costumes for two seconds, it is the least surprising fact about this whole movie. Like mega, if you don't remember, mega fashion designer, super prominent in the nineties, loves a lot of weird swirls and angular shapes. And weird colors and stuff, and honestly, like it fits, it fits super well. Yeah. Like the production value is great. Even yeah. watching it on like a HD screen now, the practical effects still look good. The little bits of CGI still look good. It all looks, it all looks really good. Except for, um, I think, um, uh, uh, what was it I noticed? Oh, when when Lilo's being like uh, created, or when they're oh, resurrecting her yeah. from like the foot or toenail or whatever, yeah, uh, they find hand. the sarcophagus yeah. hand. hand. Yeah. yeah, that looks janky. But I mean. I you mean, know they were it, stoked off of it at the time. Yeah, it was made. Sure. It was yeah. made twenty-one years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, yeah, yeah. But it, given this twenty, at least twenty years old, the whole thing gels. You yeah, know? It, it looks really good. It is a self-contained world. There is like lore there, and I appreciate that type of stuff. Well, the dude who had, who, who wrote it had been writing it since he was like fifteen. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. His the whole thing, which is like, yeah. I believe it was cool, Luke, man. I believe you, it was you, Luke, you saw saw that through. Good for you. I believe it was Luke Basson who came up with the idea originally. Like the, the key, like wrote the story um, and then he brought in someone to write this actual screenplay but I believe he'd been hashing out the actual story since yeah he was like 15 years old maybe let's uh, go down the list of things to talk about with this movie let's talk Corbin Dallas yeah, uh, man, uh, Bruce Willis being leading man like every sort of still like every man is John McClane's well, he's basically space John McClane in this movie I would say space um, Jack Burton 
No, he's not really the hero of the film. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's uh, true. Um, that's a good but yeah, point. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's Bruno. He's yeah. John McClane. He is John McClane. It's about French two minutes in, he's doing bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, you know, yeah, big yeah. bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I was just like, f*** you. I'll be here all night. Bada bing. I like Corbin Dallas. I think, other than the weird rapey vibes he puts out. Yeah. Okay, that part was yeah, no, the the whole, like, the sexuality, like, the gender roles thing, that was the one thing. It was like, eh, come well, on, the part, guys. No, the part where he's, he's, she's sleeping and he tries to kiss her and it's like, yeah. what the f*** are but, you doing? But, but then the movie, like, gets on the side of, like, this is stupid. Yes. He pulls the gun right on him and, like, puts it right to his head. <laughs> Which and, is pretty f***ing great. Know, and especially for a movie in the 90s, like, being like, yeah, no, no. Not good. No, I'm not Sleeping Beauty. That doesn't... I'm I'm supreme being. I have a gun Absolutely. on your head right now. You know, he it's Bruce Willis not doing anything too new and unusual for him, but he was the guy for the job. Um, yeah. I think he looks fucking cool in his uh, yeah. his future outfit, like his tank mesh rubber mesh tank top thing yeah, he's whatever. wearing. Yeah. It's all very form fitting. He he looks like a comic book character. Uh, uh, you know. For lack of a better movie to reference, but Blade, uh, something out of Blade Runner. Yeah, uh, uh, um, Bri- yeah, brightly lit Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a part better dialogue. The, the, yeah. the, you know, the apartment makes no sense. Uh, oh, how no. anything would roll into itself like that? No, it does make no sense. But I think it's awesome. The industrial, fucking grimy. Uh, uh, everything's metal, and the coffee machine is just built in the wall. Yeah, it's got the little cigarette machine with the giant filter. Yeah, uh, why? it's like ninety percent of the cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> which is way too much filter. I mean, how are you going to get any drag on that? <laughs> but I thought it was cool. It's a great sight it gag is. drop it's, thing. I love yeah. the sight gags. Uh, him and his boss Finger. Yeah. Uh, uh, had to uh, look that up. I was like, was his name Finger? Uh, yes. Yeah, his name's Finger. <laughs> his name's actually yeah. Finger. Finger. I was like, is it fingers? Oh, you're talking about like little finger person. Like, yeah, like, uh, little finger. Oh my god. Fucking. Uh, it made me think of uh, Marty's boss in back to the, back to the back of the future two again. But uh, oh uh, yeah. Flea yes. needles. Yeah. Hey McFly, sign the documents. Oh, and then like god. he signs the document and is immediately fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you're fired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, it prints out of all of like the things in the house because the fe- oh, yeah. We're getting sidetracked with Back to the Future. Uh, here, oh, let's let's go on to Lilu. Uh, yeah. You kind of brought up Lilu. She's 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 awesome. She's charming. Uh, she kicks ass. She does yeah. kick ass. She beats the crap out of stupid aliens. It is a bit weird the way she's sexualized when there's yeah. this very little little girl aspect to her. Even Agreed. though I think Mila Jovovich was probably an of age. No, she was. Per, but, but there there's definitely a childish quality to her, which makes Bruce Willis, who's well into his late late thirties, early forties at that yeah. point, kind of scamming on her. Kind of grimy. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a Hollywood thing. Okay, Des. <laughs> it's Hollywood, and you just have to, um, you he, know, yeah, come he was, to terms with... Uh, you're right. With uh, No, you don't have to come to terms. That's what we're learning, is that you're right. you, you, you can and should uh, uh, reject uh, uh, predators. Yeah. Uh, Which she kind of does, <laughs> until yeah. she doesn't. Yeah. Um, so she was 24, he was 42. They were the inverse of each other. Uh, her uh, hair is... Through oh, that move. It is fried, bro. Yeah, no, it is definitely. Well, that just happens with those type that, of dye jobs. They, they, yeah, they said they had to keep re-dyeing it over and over again until eventually they just switched her to a wig. Because You see it just clumped yeah. it. It it's looks yeah, like, unhealthy. Yeah. Good for the character. Um, it's, uh, I'd say maybe the weakest part of this movie is the villains. Because, um, like, Zorg is kind of, like, 
he's like kind of like weird and charming in a way, but he's not really present for a lot of it. And Mr. Shadow is like whatever. He's like a he is the Death Star. He's not really a character. I I, I know what you're saying. I for my own personal you know uh, my own personal feelings on the whole thing. Oh, I, th- you I love think Zorg, I don't love you? Zorg. Yeah, I, I think I Zorg is Zorg. a classic Gary Oldman performance. Um, I love I love that he's not really aware of Corbin Dallas at all. They kind of, they don't ever meet. Um, he's just, don't. these guys, so these they guys, don't only, no, like he just misses him in that one scene. They, there's no standoff. Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. I think there's not enough of him, but I think yeah. it's just, they don't try to shoehorn him in where he doesn't belong. Yeah. Zorg has his agenda. He's up to that. There's no need for him to be interacting with people. He doesn't necessarily need to that's true. Yeah, I think there's just enough Zorg where di- there's no, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it was, came out now, there definitely would be. Oh, yeah. You're the chosen one, Corbin. Which oh. is just, oh. we're also fortunate to have the fifth element in the time that it was made and not any later than that. Yeah. yeah. Then it would be like a now movie, which is, you know, sometimes they're good and sometimes sometimes they're just all the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they would definitely be shoehorning in a bunch of you know, Corbin Dallas, we gotta go to war with yeah. the, you know, yeah, the, uh, what is the, the Mondoshans. The Mondoshawans. No, no, the, the pig ones. What are the, the pig ones called? Paradise people, yeah. they got, oh, yeah. they're going down. You know. a, but a bing, but a boom. We're put a bullet, <laughs> but a bing, but a boom. Uh, uh, yeah. well, according to Zorik himself, he, or Gary Oldman, he, he was going for a cross between Bugs Bunny and Ross Perot. He fucking oh my accomplishes it. Yeah. A plus description, yeah. Gary Oldman. That's yeah. the thing. Zorg didn't need to be in any more of the movie than he was, but you get a real actor to do these villain things. Uh, uh, it's memorable. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of hobbles around, and um, he has a few good speeches. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I'll agree with that. I still could have done with more. Like, I really didn't get Zorg's motivation that much. Like, really, aside from... Money, because you know money. He's motivated by greed. Yeah. I guess I've got my own head cannon with like, because he's obviously possessed by the the, the great Shadow evil. Thing. The Mister Shadow thing, you know, seeked him out. Uh, uh, you know that part with the black goo coming down, just fucking cool effect. It is a cool effect. Uh, um, but I don't know. I uh, I see what you mean though. Yeah. I want money, and I want I want you know. Like gasoline, fire, mm-hmm. pocket full of shells. Some men just right. want to watch the world burn. My time in Burma, Master Wayne. The League right. of Shadows. Oh my God. I say Rasha Goo. Right. I saw Rasha Goo. Right. Um, the size I... of a doll's head. What? Ah. That's so small. Why is Rasha uh, uh, Goo uh, so oh, small? I'm sorry. One more character. Yeah, we, we gotta talk about Chris Tucker. We gotta talk Tucker. about Ruby Rod. We gotta, we gotta talk we about cannot, Chris Tucker. We cannot not, not talk, talk about, about Ruby Chris- Rod. Ruby! Chris Tucker at perhaps his most Chris Tucker. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, it's the, like- the part where he's like, you know, first walking through and doing the whole radio show announcement thing. Fucking <laughs> classic. And, yeah. then he, and he gets all up in the going, like, hey, God. He's like, doing all this, like, <laughs> it's like fucking sick animation yeah. almost. Oh, it's man. so it's weird. So good. Uh, um, um, I am surprised you got uh, uh, Chris Tucker in the 90s to agree to that. Yeah. Uh, um, but I think it's really cool and just, you know, in, in that sci fi way, you know, uh, he's super femme. Yeah, he's, but, this, but, he's like this pansexual, just yeah. like archetype. He's yeah. got the Qbert thing going on with the hair. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's fucking great. Yeah. The Twizzler thing. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, um, and, and just. 
he's just a he's a weirdo Hollywood type at the same time. So he's just like vapid and f-ing. he's like oh, frequently yeah. he's essentially streaming at oh, all yeah. times. He is. Like, and then I love how he's so like he puts out this air of mega confidence, but he's so self conscious. Like the whole the second it comes off the air, he's just like. Tum-. And it's awesome. That's one of the best little like things, you know, oh, acting man. thing. Yeah, good, good, good shit. The, 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 the second guns start going off, and he's like, "Come in, come in, come in, come in!" Yeah. Like, and like, I love how he's just kind of in on the adventure. Yeah, he's he's like C three PO. He's an unwilling part of the adventure. He's just there, and he doesn't shy away from it when it like matters, it's which like, is also cool. Go big with these like sci fi things. Have fun with it. You know, it doesn't need to be dark and gloomy. Like this got an entourage too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they're, they're all like way more concerned with his life than their own, or anything yeah. else going on with everything exploding. Which- it's great. Yeah. You guys stay committed to your you know. I think it, 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 it's glaringly uh, obvious how Luke Besson feels about women um, based yes. on the costuming for this movie. You know, yes. I, hey, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 down for some sexy costumes in your sci-fi and all that. But when every female is rail thin, fucking yeah, like no, uh, 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 Project Runway crazy uh, revealing outfits, it's kind of just like, yeah, all right, the, the, all right man. <laughs> the other aspect of this is the worst character in the movie, which is Corbin's mother calling in from off screen so many times. It's just this horrible, nagging mother stereotype. It's oh. awful. The movie closes <laughs> with it. Like, it's awful. It, it's awful, awful, awful. The, I cringed every time. Dylan knows how you are speaking to the president of the United States. Well, I don't care who you are. Oh, you have a fake voice. It's so fake. Fucking General Monroe just b- bum rushing his house. Corp, Corp, we want to help, but there's nowhere to hide. Fucking, oh yeah, like, I thought the guy died. I yeah, thought he got kid. too. Yeah, well, he just he's just like yeah. getting suffocated underneath the cell. Yeah. Or what are these? No, that's oh, the yeah. priest. That's the priest, Ian Holm, uh, Father Ian Holm. Cornelius. Dude, the fucking his little uh, buddy with the fucking plastic oh, David. cap out. David, yeah. On, uh, so we're supposed to assume that the shower ascends, but that it ascends into an area that is also just open. So like, why would you? Why would why you would have? It, why, why would, would it, it automatically be on? No, why would she, it go anywhere? Why would the shower go anywhere? You know what I mean? Like, if the whole idea about these giant city things is to, you know, save space, why would you have all these gadgets that, that go outside of the wall of the of the thing? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, it the logic of it doesn't make sense. It's a cool effect. It's a cool The effect, logic though. does not it's make a, sense. There's just great homages to sci-fi, like, all throughout. You know, they got a nice RoboCop. Thank you for your uh, cooperation in there. I mean, oh, the whole yeah. thing invokes Blade Runner. I'm a sucker for the flying car yeah. type thing. No, it's it, just always fun. It looks cool, but I mean, unlike, you know, like, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack the Clones with its Coruscant, which is clearly trying to be Blade Runner or friggin' The Fifth Element. Like, this is executed super well. The logic of it makes sense to me. Like, well, the logic of, like, the flying car thing, the apartment stuff makes sense. Oh, but. it makes no fucking yeah. sense to me. It's just like, why Why are you going in a straight line? Like, how do you deter... There'd be... People be... Dying. Look, they figured it out. <laughs> they figured it out. Okay, I guess. Oh, and, uh, one general thing: all the aliens look super cool. Yeah, like for what they, they are. Did a good job. I do think the pig aliens are like kind of like a kind of generic like design, but they're executed very well. And you know, they're like groveling, like Cockney, like pig alien things. Whatever. They don't have to be like. It's like Duke Nukem. Yeah, um, I think. I think that's like is it Stan Nukem. Winston. Um, it might have been. It, it might have been. Stan I remember. I, be I think he did it for like a half their normal like rate, just because passionate about the art form in yeah, a time where you. CGI was just replacing you know, you know, you know, time of Jar Jar Binks 
Yeah, could have easily been uh, CGI. Stan Winston confirmed. Excuse me. Confirmed. So I don't know. Any closing thoughts on The Fifth Element? I mean, obviously, we're very enthusiastic about it. It's a great movie. Um, Yeah, I I love it. Just to retreat over that thought again, uh, my final opinion is it's a great movie. You should go watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, no, uh, like, if you have a decent, like, home theater setup, like, this is a, this is an absolutely great watch. I bet the Blu-ray is fantastic. I might actually just buy it. I think the now. VHS um, version uh, is probably where it reached the highest fidelity picture. Everyone movie, dude. Yeah. I, well, um, I, I didn't. Um, I, you know, DVD and, and Blu-ray, you know, people like, talk, it's new kid on the block, you know, but just doesn't hold a candle to what you can do with magnetic tape. Okay. So, uh, just doesn't hold, doesn't true, hold a candle. It speaks the truth. It's true. You can't start a fire with a Blu-ray, but you can with magnetic tape. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Scott, would you recommend The Fifth Element? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to that. Um, uh, well, uh, let me... Uh, <clears throat> oh, okay. You got to start it up, rev the engine. Yeah. Um, the Fifth Element is um, really cool because The Fifth Element is a movie... That you could put on if the babysitter's still around. And they would think it's also cool <laughs> because all people of all ages like it. Just like people of all ages like my upcoming show, Grog's Grilling from Beyond the Grave. Will I take you in depth and in cooking processes for for the whole family? And explosions. I mean, yeah, the fifth element's got it all. You know, it's got opera. And that's it. All right. <laughs> all right, well, um, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to follow that. But, yeah, I would also I would also recommend the fifth element. It's really, really good. Um, Des, already got the... I already went around, but um, yeah. I, I can't stress it enough. I think it's a sci-fi classic. And there's only one. It hasn't been... I, 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 like this. He's still a working director. He could have yeah. made another one. He it was a financially have. successful movie, but he didn't. Yeah. Be- you know, I, I, I respect that. Yeah. Well, it was originally three movies, but he condensed it into one. And I think it's better for Is that it. true? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. man. What is- the f***? I can't really? even imagine what that first one would have been. It would have been but awful. But think about it. Like, was there anything more that could no, have been done no. or said? No. What I, know? The like, thing- why drag it out? Why just yeah, have these exactly. things where you had to have a movie where it's like, well, you're gonna you're gonna have to see the next one to see uh, where all this goes, and it's just yeah. there's a lot of that. No, um, I I agree. One of the things I like the most about this is the storytelling is very efficient. Like, there's not a lot of like the unnecessary fluff parts are the worst parts. They're the the mother phone calls or the stuff with the president and things like that. But like that's like five percent of the movie. Everything else, like it's character moments, it's character building, it's moving the plot forward, it's action moments to move the stakes forward. It's it's very well written. Multipass. Oh, yeah. Multipass. The only thing that get, is guaranteed to be well more well written than, than this movie is <laughs> everything odd. that's coming right after that. So stay tuned because right after this commercial break, we're gonna come back and we're gonna get right into our prequel. Stay tuned. This is pure rock passion, and it's gonna take your buzz to the next level. It's buzz, 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 buzz. It's alternative rock core ballads of all time on two incredible CDs. This two CD collection in Abbey Store. Baby, you just 
Belting out their hugest hits all together on Buzz Ballad. Order this collection online at musicspace.musicspace. Get Buzz. This is what the Buzz 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 And welcome back. Before we get into the fun here with all the prequel sequels and remakes, I uh, just wanted to plug some stuff real quick for you. Gotta pay the bills. Um, and if you want to help us pay the bills, um, just go to prequelsequelremake.com. There's a big donate button right there. Every dollar you help, like, helps us keep the podcast going. And, you know, we don't have to pay much to keep this up, but we do have to pay, you know, keep the website up and hosting, things like that. Every little bit helps. Um, we are also, you can also find us on social media. It's facebook.com slash prequel sequel remake. Twitter is at pre sequel cast. Instagram is also dot com slash prequel sequel remake. Um, and, uh, if you like what you're hearing so far, hit that subscribe button. We're on pretty much every podcast platform now. We just got added to Spotify, which was like crazy to me. Um, so, you know, if you're cert- if you came here when you were searching for the song prequel to the sequel, um, hello. Um, if you came here <laughs> intentionally, that's even better. Um, but yeah, hit that follow button there. Every little bit helps. I can't stress this enough. Like every single rating review, everything has helped us get to the point we're at now. Um, so we're so thankful for everything that's come so far. Um, and if you haven't yet, um, please, it would be it would do us a huge favor. Y'all so, rule. Thank you so much. Yeah, we yep. appreciate it. Yeah, y'all rule more than jaw rule. And speaking of jaw rule, baby, lady. Crazy. I, I would do a job rule impression, but I don't want to blow my voice out before I have to talk for like 20 minutes. Yeah, leave that to me. <laughs> no, I know what I'll do. I'll have back-to-back characters with a gritty, rough voice and yeah. just f***ing wreck my vocal cords. You talking about last week? Or last, uh, yeah, tra- last train, quest, train quest. Train quest. Oh, oh yeah, just, train quest. Yeah. And it's like, oh, never again. I noticed yeah, my Ed, Har- Ed Harris and Kevin Costner the exact same voice. So. <laughs> I didn't, oh, there was I a didn't nuance. Know. I didn't know. I thought, know I thought they were yeah. different. <laughs> They were slightly different. Even saying nuance is just far more credit than I should be given. But uh, you don't know who you are. Well, <laughs> that was great. It's just perfect. A lot more Ed Harris. I, yeah, after the rock, I'm I'm feeling the love. All right, so moving into the uh, the surely nuanced performance here is Desmond with the prequel for oof, this week. Oof, oof, oof. Uh, we're on prequel duty. Welcome. Um, so let's get started, shall yeah. we, boys? Okay. Absolutely. <clears throat> Title, Corbin Dallas in Crazy Cabbie. Tagline, hey, 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 let's get ready to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go. Oh, man, I'm taken back to losing all of my quarters. Ah, it's such a good game. It is a, it is a very fun Direct game. Directors, the Wachowskis. All right, that's the second Wachowskis, I think, for it is. sequel remake. Mm, yeah, didn't remember that until right now. No, I love that, the Wachowskis. That, that's totally fine. We've they done, have made more than one movie. We've done many. I love a lot of their movies. Yeah. I also like the Matrix sequels. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. The sequels? Whatever, they're fucking harmless. Man. All right, well, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. Um, synopsis. We open on the outskirts of an unnamed upstate New York military base. 
Corbin Dallas, Bruce Willis, walks out the front gates with a duffel bag, smoking a cigarette. As he flicks the butt, he is intercepted by his once commanding officer, General Monroe, played by a CGI recreation of Brian James. I looked it up. The actor that played the general guy died. Oh. Yeah, that guy's a great character actor. He's, he's also in Blade Runner. He's got that look. Uh, uh, he looks like a guy. Michael Keaton's kind of drunk brother or something. <laughs> I mean, no offense to the dealer, dearly departed. No, no, no. Uh, moving on. Dallas! Dallas! Whew. I almost thought you left without saying goodbye. This unit sure will have big shoes to fill once you're gone. Candidate Monroe, there's no unit left. Not after those super secret, unacknowledged missions to the North Pole. Oh my gosh. Oh. You ever see a man get speared through by reindeer antlers? Well, no. Then can it? I'm already going to hell, but I wouldn't mind taking you with me, you wishy-washy, centrist, politic, f***. F*** you. <laughs> Our protagonist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Corbin Dallas. General Monroe brings his hand up to salute. Here's to you, Major Dallas. Best damn soldier the world has ever seen. Hip, hip, hooray! Corbin grunts and continues to walk off. Corbin! So what are you going to do now that you're no longer a military man? Close-up shot of Corbin's pensive face as he ponders the question and then smirks. Six months later... Yeah, 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 yeah! Corbin Dallas tears through the streets of Neo-York in his totally kick-ass hover taxi. He drives like a complete maniac, cutting off other drivers, running red lights, and narrowly avoiding collisions. He honks his horn like it's going out of style. Honk, honk! Ski pedal on the right, fucko! Corbin's radio is paged by his dispatcher, Finger. Corbin picks up the receiver, all while dodging an oncoming semi-truck. Finger, talk to me, baby. You've got to speed it up, Corbin. You don't deliver that fare in the next two and a half minutes. I gotta dock you ten points on your license. Dock me, finger! I'm going as fast as I can. I'm surprised I haven't even been pulled over yet. Look, you and I go way back, so I'll fill you in. Zorg Company is looking to downsize subsidiaries, and talk on the street is transportation is on the chopping block. We have to be faster, more dollars per minute. Deliver the fare fast, you get a cash bonus. Take your sweet ass time, we dock points on your license. Uh, that seems illegal. It is. Now get driving. <laughs> Corbin turns around to address his passenger, played by Heather Graham. You hear that, lady? Uh, I've got to go faster, so uh, things are going to get bumpy. I, I'm pregnant. Oh, fuck. Sorry, you should have said that from the start. <laughs> Corbin flicks a switch on his dashboard, and a baby on board light flickers on the rear side of the cab. The passenger seat then fills with a quickly hardening collision foam, locking the soon-to-be mother in place. <laughs> Hold on, ma'am. He then nosedives down to the lower level of the city, maneuvering swiftly around gigantic garbage trucks. Seeing traffic build up at the intersection, he takes a hard right, propping the hover cab up on its side and turbo-boosting through an alleyway, knocking over dozens of futuristic hover cans. Turbo-booster? Hover cans. Turbo-booster. Hover trash cans. Tur yeah, the turbo-booster. I was imagining, like, hover beer cans. Hover beer cans. Oh, the everything hovers. Yeah. <laughs> the, ro the cab rockets out of the alley and is clipped by a hover semi-truck. Tumbling and rolling out of control, the cab finally lands on the sidewalk by the Hudson River. Now the hover Hudson River, the water levitates above the canal. <laughs> In a very specific future in mind. In the future, everything will hover. <laughs> We've arrived at your destination. 
He looks back and smiles at his customer, forgetting she's encased in hardened foam. <laughs> he then grabs his chisel out of his glove compartment. <laughs> oh, no. We then cut to an hour later. Corbin sits on the hood of his busted-ass taxi, eating steroid-injected mega-dogs. His ah. cell phone rings. It's his mother. Corbin, you schmuck. What's the matter with you? I can't even call your mother. Uh, sorry, Mom. Uh, I'm really busy with work. Uh, when are you going to give me a grandchild? <laughs> the way I smoke, I can't have more than a year left. Year and a half tops. <laughs> I'm working on it, Mom. Yeah, every night. <laughs> Bullshit. You didn't think I found out about your divorce? Can't even keep a good wife. You can't hide anything from me, Corbin. Corbin then sees a beautiful woman dressed in business attire approach his cab. Uh, sorry, Mom. I gotta go. Duty calls. Click. The woman, played by Zoe Saldana, gets in the cab. I need to get up to the Hilton in Times Square. Fast. Uh, fast is my middle name, lady. Strap on in. Corbin <laughs> chucks his half-eaten mega dog and gets in the cab and speeds up. So, uh, what's your name? Delta. Delta Mode. Uh, pleased to meet you, Mrs. Mode. Uh, name's Dallas. Corbin Dallas. He then looks at a large suitcase she sits with. Visiting from out of town, eh? It's like Dumb and Dumber. What's <laughs> the matter? A little tense about the flight. <laughs> Both of them? Yeah. <laughs> Samsonite. Uh, I was way off. Visiting so from... Good. <clears throat> Sorry. Dad. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So many good lines. No, no, it's, uh, it's still good. <laughs> it's still good. It's still great. <laughs> Excuse me, Flo? Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Visiting from out of town, eh? Uh, one could say that. Uh, what brings you here? You, you got tickets to the season finale of Ruby Rod's Drag Race? <laughs> no. I mean, I love that show, but holy shit, them folks are mean. <laughs> Delta does not respond. Say, uh, you like magic tricks? Mr. Dallas, the details of my excursion are irrelevant. I will throw in an extra 50 credits for your silence. Jeez, someone doesn't like small talk. I do not like aging Lotharios with bleached blonde hair plugs. <laughs> well, okay then. Kind of a low blow, but uh, yeah, I'll just be quiet. Police then pull around the corner and begin to pursue the cab. Yeah, what gives? You got heat on you? I cannot. I repeat, cannot have police interference. I will pay you double to avoid such interactions. Uh, all you had to do was ask. Corbin then slams the brakes on the cab as the cops careen past him. Throwing the cab in reverse, he races through the crowded streets of Little Tokyo. Flipping the cab around forward, he races to the waterfront, colliding with a hover rickshaw. The rickshaw driver falls seemingly to their death, but we see a parachute ah. open at the last minute. Oh, okay. It's a PG-13 movie, yeah. except for all the F-bombs. Um, <laughs> They'll be bleeped, don't worry. Corbin drives his cab off the pier and into the water. The police come to inspect the scene and retreat thinking the cabbie and his passenger to be dead. Under the sea, Corbin and Delta cruise along in a now-submersible taxi. <laughs> you like this? Not quite street legal. They don't call me the crazy cabbie for nothing. You think outside the box and escaped most adequately. For that, I thank you. Yeah, you could keep the thanks, but uh, maybe hook me up with them digits. Uh, please, uh, stay focused. Uh, a mermaid duo swims up and bang on Corbin's door, uh, window, played by John Leguizamo and... There's no one else put there. <laughs> uh, mer- mermaid. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Let's let's cast the mermaid right now. Uh, uh, um, Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, 
uh, Garbin. Long time no see. <laughs> For real, though, uh, why don't you visit anymore? Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> Funny how you still owe me from that poker game, but I haven't come back down here in like six months, you know. Can't go up to the surface to extort you or anything. <laughs> fellas, fellas, don't be hasty. I'm good for the money. Look, I'm working right now. Big fair. I'll call you, okay? Corbin pulls a lever, and the cab begins to rise to the surface. He drives the cab out of the bay and parks in a nearby parking spot. Look, uh, Delta, I just gotta wait a sec for the cab thrusters to auto-dry. Shouldn't be more than a few minutes. Uh, we're a couple of blocks away from your stop. The two sit in the car as it dries. At that moment, a man enters the car. Uptown, and make it snappy. Uh, sorry, man, I got there already. The man looks over at Corbin with a sinister demeanor. Zork! Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zord. If I'm not mistaken, I own this cab company. How about I fire you and 700 of your co-workers at the push of a button? Uh, no, 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 Mr. Zorg, I, I do apologize. I, I, I didn't recognize you. Been uptown it is. Surely your fare won't mind. Zorg turns around and makes eye contact with Delta and delivers a creepy grin. Sorry, ma'am, just business. Corbin speeds off. The vibe in the cab is awkward and silent. So, uh, Mr. Zorg, what brings you down to street level? They think a man like you would have your own personal driver. Sometimes I like to be reminded of how much I hate you, little people. It gives me the motivation I need to exploit you all. Okay. <clears throat> Zorg turns over to Delta. Aren't you just as sweet as a creme brulee? Thank you. If you ever want to move up in the world so you don't have to deal with scum like this fella up here, just give me a call. Zorg hands her a card. And what a beautiful piece of luggage you have here. Looks vintage. One could say it is. The cab then comes to an abrupt stop. All right, Mr. Zorg, uh, here you are. As much of an adult as you may be, you are indeed fast. Consider you keeping your job payment enough. Zorg then gets out. We notice he's without his signature limp. Corbin and Delta drive off. Then, the black goo begins to drip down Zorg's face. The voice of the great evil is then heard. Zorg! Those were the stones, you idiot! Corbin and... That's like Dr. Claw. It is. It is. It is exactly. Corbin and Delta finally arrive at Delta's destination. Delta gets out of the cab. Thank you, Mr. Dallas. You were efficient. You'll find the funds deposited into your account. No problem. If you ever need a cab again, you know who to call. Delta makes her way inside the hotel. She goes up to the desk clerk. Hello. I'm a guest of the Diva Plava Laguna. She's expecting me. All of a sudden, Zorg and his Mangalore cronies pop up from behind the desk. I believe you have something that I seek. Delta drops her suitcase and takes off her blazer, revealing herself to be a robot. Her arms morph into energy blasters like Mega Man and her legs into katana blades. A fight ensues with Delta dispatching the Mangalores with her leg blades, splattering blood everywhere. In the ensuing chaos, Zorg takes a pot shot at her with his signature ZF-1 blaster, blowing a hole clean through her torso, ah. seemingly unaffected. She expels a vast energy blast from her body, blowing back the surrounding Mangalores. She then runs up to Zorg, who is now retreating, and cuts off his leg. He screams in agony as she stands over his body, ready to execute him. One of the living Mangalores quickly grabs the briefcase and runs out of the hotel lobby, only to be met outside by Corbin, gun in hand. Yippee-ki-yay, you piece of shit. 
yet. <laughs> Corbin pulls the trigger. <laughs> I appreciate the melding. Yeah. Appreciate it. Tisk tisk. Stealing someone's luggage? That's just plain scummy. Corbin rushes inside and sees Delta standing over the now passed out Zord, ready to kill him. Hey, Delta. Uh, this fucker was trying to steal your suitcase. Holy fuck! He looks around at the carnage and sees Delta's broken cyber body. Hey, uh, um, just a quick favor. Maybe don't kill my boss. Delta grabs the suitcase from him. I have what I need. His life will be spared. Thank you, Corbin Dallas. You are a good man, kinda. Your role in this is far from over. Yeah, thanks, I, I guess. Delta then walks over to the elevators and gets in. Hearing sirens approaching... Corbin takes his cues to leave. Delta gets out at the top floor penthouse and knocks on the door. Diva Plava Laguna answers. I'm with the Mondo Shawans. They informed me they'd be sending their top droid. Thank you. Diva takes the case and opens it to find the four ele- elemental stones. She devours them one by one in four big gulps. <laughs> <laughs> this will be safe with me until the fifth element's arrival. And what has it become of you? I'm programmed to shut down permanently after my prime directive is fulfilled. Thank you for your service. The galaxy is in your debt. Delta then powers down and drops to the floor, lifeless. Months later, Corbin sits in his cab on a break, watching campaign videos for President Lindbergh's re-election. F***ing politicians, bunch of scumbags. On my vote, how I get the government and their f***ing dirty hands out of my f***ing pocket. A fair then enters the cab. Corbin hears the cocking of a firearm. The fair is played by Chris Catan. Give me the gas! <laughs> Come again? Yeah, I the gas! Give it to me! Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's up here. Corbin pulls the lever from earlier, filling the back of the cab with the collision foam. With the would-be robber now trapped, Corbin confiscates the weapon. Ah, thankless f***ing job. The end. Yeah. I will say, Desmond, you, like, frankly, this, compared to most prequel-sequel remakes, these were pretty hard assignments to do prequels and sequels to a movie that was very self-contained. Yeah. yeah. And I liked how you just yeah. took it and just, like, this is a day in Corbin's life, and it also tied in to the movie with, was, uh, without being super overt. Crazy I it. Taxi. It, it was, it was yeah, definitely a, exactly. like, like, even though, like, it's like, yeah, the crazy taxi reference in the beginning, it's like, yeah pretty fucking subdued for one of mine <laughs> so There's, you know an overwhelming number of similarities to dumb and dumber just you know returning the luggage you know holy f- i didn't even think about <laughs> it yeah. i only thought of it because we were bringing it up during it no that's really the only time but uh <laughs> i should have just done dumb and dumber with like corbin yeah but i i had a fun time writing it because it was just uh what the fuck is corbin doing there's there's not in, in relation to the overall plot of the 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 actual the real movie the original movie there's not a lot more you can do at least coming before that it's like the fifth the, the the whole thing that happens in 1912 and there's nothing for like another hundred years really. 300 years 300 years I'm sorry you're right yeah. Uh, uh, um, but yeah but just like yeah what's Corbin and his cab situation like you know you can't oh I'm sorry there's scores I need to do after this no, but, um, no. Uh, 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 um, yeah it's like where's Lilu as much as you want Lilu back yeah, the prequel makes no. You don't need it in the prequel. You don't need it in the prequel. You mean you, it would be wrong? <laughs> it would be wrong. And it'd, it's, be, it'd be weird. And, and it is it like make any sense. It, Ruby Rod and Dallas meet for the first time, so you can't have them meet again. Uh, uh, um. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. So there you go. No, I think you did a good job. Continuing. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank what you. Are the, uh, what are the? How was this received? What's the money situation? All right, critics, seventy-eight uh, percent. Lights, camera, Jackson says. Well, it's no Shrek the Third. It uh, delivers the last action and romance that made the original a timeless classic. <laughs> God damn you for invoking Shrek the Third. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, your farts smell good, donkey. That's how we do it. And I fucking hate Shrek. Look, we we've talked, we've covered Shrek before. Ooh, that's tart, donkey. Ah, I, it's wow. just all fart. I know jokes it, and is. Piss it is. It is. Drinking fucking fucking blood. Ah, I'm an ogre. Ogre is fart. Yeah, I know. It's stupid. Oh, yeah. Was better going in than out. Let's just say the best parts about. The only the Shrek movie, the first one, the yeah. best parts of that movie are not Shrek. It's everything else, yeah. especially the, uh, the gingerbread man getting his fucking legs. Oh, oh yeah, the gingerbread man. The peripheral yeah. characters are fucking genius. But you yeah. know, the, yeah, no one's no. Yeah, no. Uh, Audience is thirty four percent. Well, a competent prequel in its own right. The stakes are low, and I dock points off for them not shoehorning in Lilu. Triple H. <laughs> Triple H took the time to review. There was flying cars. It should have been more like Blade Runner. Mavis Beacon. <laughs> Done it's, teaching type. Yeah, she's, she's critiquing uh, movies. Uh, uh, fun fact, Earth, Wind, and Fire sued the production company for IP infringement. <laughs> uh, budget, $75 million. Expected gross profit, $160 million. Actual gross profit, $40 million. People do not come out as much as anticipated for a prequel to the original cult classic, which happens frequently with these type of things. Blade yeah. Runner 2049 yeah. made, yeah. like, no money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Clerks 2 barely made, like, you know, like... Clerks 2's bad. It was mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> it's like, That's the thing about yeah. that. Yeah. Metallica's got a song about them. It's called The Thing That Should Not Be. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. I had a yeah. good time with that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's hard when it's, like, kind of a movie you like and think is good, but... um. And moving on, we got sequel duty. We yeah. do have sequel. And it's and for me. Yeah, it is you. I, I was going to say, I hope it's not you, because no. I definitely wrote a sequel. No, you, you're you good. I'm good. Yeah, all right. We're all organized now. Yeah, great. So now we all know. All right. No joke. Um, if you sync our episode up to Castaway perfectly, it 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 goes together. And like, so if you put play Castaway at the same time as our podcast, you know, it's like you would do it with the <clears throat> Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, you know, and, Dark and Side of the Moon. But with saying, our podcast, I you're saying instead, something yeah. for real. I was like, really? Does it like just like play like a commentary? Like, oh yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, kudos to any listener out there who. Uh, does that and then and makes a note of all the times where it syncs up perfectly. I, I would really like to see that, you know. Eddie McDowell uh, do your homework, synced you know. Up, you know. <laughs> yeah, I forgot all about that talking dog scene in Castaway. I mean, what the fuck? Like, you know. get started on them good deeds. <laughs> good deeds, Eddie. Oh my god. No! Um, yeah, well, welcome back. Uh, and uh, here we are. Um, ready to do the sequel. All right, yeah. Just fucking so full of beans on this one. Yeah, t- t- what, what do you mean? <laughs> he's, I he's wasn't expecting a follow-up question to that. Yeah, I don't no, know. You, know what I, you know what I mean. You haven't heard full of beans before? It just means he's super energetic. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I've never heard that before. No. I thought it meant like uh, like gassy. Well, I mean, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I donkey! Ho- I, sh- I should uh. hope not, because... Uh, it's a hot studio, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, we're in the middle of a heat wave. Um, for recording purposes, there's no fan in here. The windows are closed. I'm wearing shorts. They're not. So. I'm sweating. Yeah, those times where it's just like, yeah, it's just like I'm st- my shirt's sticking to me, and I feel like a fat sausage in like a casing, <laughs> just like yeah. bulging out of it. 
fucking, you know, the fucking, uh, hot dog. Scratch that from the. Cut that completely. Oh my god. Well, that was the prequel. Um, I think it's time we went into the future. The for, future! For the sequel, which is penned this week by. Me! Scott! Yes. Skiz Handshoe! Woo! It's time to do it. Fifth Element sequel. Oh, yeah, man. Let's get preemptive clapping going. Preemptive, yeah. 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 Can I get a preemptive? Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Now you got to earn an ooh, ooh for me. Okay, fine. Yeah, you got to You got to earn the clap, too, but yeah. we just did it this time. Yeah, Next fair. time. I feel like I'm the kind of, I, I don't have to earn it. You, you know? mother. <laughs> I just walk out on stage, and I just... Everyone just, you know. Ja Rule out here thinking he doesn't have to earn anything. Baby. With his you're, fire you're, like, you're like the guy that Kimbo fought. Sequel. 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 Title. The Sixth Element. I mean, it had to be that. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, like, I like where it's going. Um, the tagline will immediately pepper how I feel about that title. Oh, yes. All right. Tagline. All right. Time is not important. Only seeing dead people is important. Nope. I had a feeling it was going that way, so... Directed by M. Night Shyamalan! Oh. I'm even less surprised than <laughs> before. Ah. In the, in the earlier 19th century, a disoriented German archaeologist gets up and brushes himself off. He clutches his head. Ugh. Must have passed out. Aziz, light! <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, his young digging partner comes running up. Sir, what were those things? Have you ever seen such incredible beings? He shows his drawings that he quickly sketched of the large metal visitors that had just departed. You must have drank too much wine and dozed off. Aziz ran off on us, so you hold the light. Sir, I'm, I'm not joking. They just left on a spaceship. I thought they killed you. Aziz, <laughs> light! <laughs> his assistant adjusts the light board. Much better, Aziz. Now, where was I? Ah, yes. This diagram here depicts the basic elements of Captain Planet. Fire, water, earth, wind, and heart. <laughs> but he... <laughs> uh, it is Captain Planet! I never thought of it! Oh him. my god! But here, in the shadow, there appears to be another element. A sixth element. Ghosts! Ghosts? Yes, ghosts. Yeah! The two archaeologists at the mere mention of ghosts start screaming and running out of the dig site, flailing their arms in the air. After a brief pause, the wall opens back up to let the huge Mondoshawan being out that was just trapped behind the wall during the shooting confusion in the first movie. He pulls out an antenna from his hand like Inspector Gadget and holds his hand up to his head like a phone. Hey guys, uh, wanna come back and swoop me real quick? <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're gone. S something about ghosts, I don't know. Cool, thanks. The huge- crushed- <laughs> No, I, I figured the wallet just closed right in front of him. It didn't. It didn't crush him. And so when it when it opens up in the in the Fifth Element movie later, it's like, where did he go? He didn't decompose. He should have just been right there behind the wall. Even there if he was is. crushed, it should have been something there. You, you know, research. I like yeah, it. yeah. You know, I like something it. something I always thought about with the movies. Anyway, That's I awesome. Just, this closes that loop. Now we don't have to wonder. No, no. So far, ten out of ten. Fucking totally fuckable movie. <laughs> what? What? Ah, what? Ah. It's a. <laughs> Is it a metaphor? Is it a metaphor, Desmond? 
The huge Bondashawan ship descends back to the dig site like comically fast, picks up their friends, and departs for reasons of clarity. <laughs> 301 years later, an elderly Elijah Price, Samuel L. Jackson, sits by the window of the Livingmore Institute for the Criminally Insane. The buzzer on the door goes off, and one of the orderlies barks, Price, you got a visitor! In walks Mr. Jean-Baptiste Zorg, Gary Oldman. Emmanuel Zorg. Decently scarred up and dusty, but alive. <laughs> ah, Mr. Glass, my dear old friend. Oh, How are God. we doing? What do you want, Zorg? Can't you tell I'm out of the evil genius game? Oh, I know, I know, and you've moved on to such greener pastures. What flavor gruel do they feed you in here? Spicy vanilla? Cooler ranch? It's artificial banana-flavored gruel. Thank you very much. Artificial banana? Fuck, you might as well suck on a latex glove. Well, Glass, I'm here to liberate you from your pain. You see, you're actually a ghost. A very powerful ghost. And I simply must have you. Zorg throws a ghost trap down at Mr. Glass's foot. <laughs> accidentally stubbing Wait. it a little bit. Ah, damn it, you broke my foot! Well, on the other foot, you don't really have any feet. Zorg grabs his proton pack and blasts Mr. Glass, opening up the ghost trap with his foot, sucking his vital essence into the container. Wasting no time, he hops on the phone with the great evil, which has shown up in space again or something. Hey, boss, I got another ghost for you. Excellent, Zorg. Now go and find the other ghosts. Only then will I be able to harness their ghost powers and destroy the universe or something. Oh my! I have a feeling I know where this ghost <laughs> thing is going, but let's go. Let's go. I'm so on board Got it. with this. I'm so on board. <laughs> I like, <oof>. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully nobody gets in the way of my doing that. In military HQ on Earth, the same general guy from the first movie intercepts the call and relays that they need support for this mission. They want to break Corbin and Lelou Dallas out of retirement. Cut to Corbin Dallas driving his cab around the crowded vertical city streets. <laughs> hauling ass because there's a pregnant woman about to give birth in his cab. My man! <laughs> what yes. the fuck? Okay, we we right? Blew my mind. Every yeah, time no. these things because we don't we don't we don't we communicate. Don't, we I, do not. I'll jump a nugget, but not like, specifics like that. No, like no. literally, it'll be like, "Hey, is this person gonna be in your movie?" And that's like it. That's it. it. I sometimes like will pitch the title of the guys, but like, yeah, yeah, but that's no super so, funny. Scott. Synchron- it's a little this, teaser. No, yeah. synchronicity is great. Natural synchronicity. It's not forced. <laughs> we're not fake. Fucking Except for all the times we're fake. But aside from that, we're not fake. He ends up getting the police to chase after him and causes a bunch of damage, but it's okay because he drops the lady off at the hospital. Thank you, Mr. Dallas. Hey, don't mention it, lady. Yeah, at least he didn't end up like that last lady in my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I just had the bit. Well, that's a good... Yeah. Ten out of ten, good lip. Yeah. Corbin Dallas lights up one of his way-too-long filtered cigarettes and reflects on life. It seems like only last year, he and his now-wife, Lilu were saving the entire universe. Which, unfortunately, doesn't pay shit. <laughs> and after a small period of donations, Corbin Dallas is left completely broke. 
He tried to use his fame to prop up a lounge singing career, but it didn't last too long. <laughs> Eventually, he just got back into what he was doing before, driving cabs recklessly. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Corbin drives home and greets his wife while she's doing some really great community restorative work for her private practice. They're still living in Corbin's apartment, and they're still in love, so they've got that going. Just then, they get a knock on the door. It's that general guy. Hello, Corbin and Lilu. Stop. The great evil has returned. Stop. We are recruiting you and your divine powers slash fighter pilot skills to stop Zorg from collecting all the ghosts and destroying the universe. Stop. Lilu Dallas, Mila Jojovich, everyone's played by the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Steps forward. For the universe, I do it for free. Corbin puts the brakes on. Whoa, 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 honey, come on, come on. We talked about this. You remember the money? Hey, sorry, man, but, you know, we got bills to pay here. The general speaks. The work you will be doing is essential to our collective survival. For this very important work, we are offering you a meager stipend. Corbin and Lilu look at each other. And we'll do it. Excellent. Here are your tickets. The government corporation has subcontracted out your journey to an intergalactic freight company. You're expected to drop everything and leave at this moment. But first, uh, Lilu. Can you, uh, you know, use your omnipotent powers to locate the next ghost or whatever? <laughs> Lilu concentrates and then nods. The next ghost is on Dinosaur and Caveman Planet. Yes! Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Cut to Zorg's ship landing on Dinosaur and Caveman Planet. Fucking <laughs> 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 Zorg. Uh, wobbling off like the, the docking bay of his ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where am I? His elite hit squad move out from the ship's undercarriage ramp and into formation. They are then immediately eaten by dinosaurs or cavemen. Zorg emerges from the ship in a poorly constructed dinosaur suit. If you want something done, do it yourself. <laughs> Gotta have the call back. Corbin and Lilu arrive at the docking bay to see the crew loading nets full of stuff into the Bobular Quest, a spaceship that looks like a round pirate ship with a bubble on it. A gruff, peg-legged Captain Bob Wooter approaches them. He points at them in such a way where his finger covers up most of his mouth movements. Welcome aboard the Bobular Quest. On my ship, we do things my way. Little Bob? Yes, Captain Daddy, sir? Ah, there you are, Little Bob. Would you and Blip show our guests to their quarters? Sure thing, Captain Daddy, sir. A very rough animation shows Corbin, Lilu, Little Bob, and Blip walking towards some doors below the deck. Here's your room. Just don't go anywhere near the lower deck. Fritz the Cook is a psychopath. Doc Bones is a hack fraud. And definitely stay out of the Obusium. That's where Ein and Sign grow our magic Obus berries. Okay, bye. Corbin and Lilu look at each other. Sounds like we should go check this out. They descend the stairs and enter a large greenhouse. At the far end, Ein and Stein can be seen boiling the large obus berries down into a purplish liquid and filling a large syringe with the contents. Oh, this batch looks excellent, Ein. Couldn't agree more, Stein. Now shoot it between my toes so they won't be able to see the track marks. Oh. Right. Once we get to Pirate Planet, we're gonna be so rich. Son of a bitch. 
says Corbin. Looks like these guys aren't headed to Dinosaur and Caveman Planet after all. What should we do? <laughs> Lilu concentrates for a second and then says, We must empower the working class. On the Bobular Quest, there are countless nameless slave workers identified by the stripes they wear. Lilu helps them organize a revolution real quick <laughs> and lead a coup of Captain Bob's ship. But this is my ship, shouts Captain Bob. Wilbur, after them. Wilbur bears his tooth and lunges at Corbin, <laughs> who puts him down with a blast to the chest. Anyone else want to try something? Fritz the cook steps forward. I've got something I'd like to say. I'm tired of these ungrateful louts not appreciating my cooking. I'll gladly turn on them and work for you instead. Wait. Bobo Bobs? Yeah. Wait, so, I'm sorry. The, na the names don't immediately ring the bell. But oh, I, yeah. I was just like, wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. 100%. Check out Bobo Bobs. Yeah. Fritz, you double-crossing. Fritz slaps Captain Bob with the rolling pin. Quiet, Bob. I'm the captain now. On Dinosaur and Caveman Planet, Zorg has followed the blips on his PKE meter to find the ghosts. His cardboard disguise has allowed him to slip by the dinosaurs unnoticed, and the cavemen don't seem to mind. He stops just short of a cave and discards his suit. Once inside the cave, he crawls until the PKE meter is going off like crazy. X marks the spot! And he places a small charge of explosives on the area. He crawls away and uses a very cartoony plunger to detonate the explosives, creating a hole. Out of the hole crawls Caveman. Uh, you know, the whole point of a hole is to dig it and just to build character or whatever. Zorg ain't got no time for all that. <laughs> Listen now, you are the ultimate caveman, and yeah, here's the part where I'm about to trap you with the Ghostbusters stuff, when who should arrive? That's far enough, Zorg. Corbin Dallas has Zorg at gunpoint. <laughs> Usually comes down to that <laughs> yeah. in a movie. Pretty quick. Yeah. It does. Oh my, if it isn't Mr. Corbin Dallas himself. Afraid I can't do that, Corbin. They exchange gunfire. They dive out of the way. Lilu rides in on a dinosaur or caveman and engages in a long-form hand-to-hand combat with gymnastics moves. That opera song from before plays, but, be but be only because someone hit play on a boombox or a headset, so it's totally diegetic. Right. <laughs> Corbin Dallas gets into a pickle, but he uses timed explosives to escape while hiding under furniture. Then... Zorg gets a hold of Lilu and puts a gun to her head. <gasps> it's over, Corbin. You might as well give up, or you know what happens to your lovely lady friend here. The stakes are the highest at this point, Mr. Dallas. Corbin Dallas steps out of the doorframe with his weapon still pointed at Zorg. Sweetie, don't worry. We're gonna get you out of this. Or what? You're gonna shoot me? Go ahead, pull the trigger. I dare you. Corbin Dallas pulls the trigger and the shot rings out. But Zorg is fine. You see, you've been out of the game for a long time, Mr. Dallas. You've been living in a dream world. Running all over the galaxy chasing down adventures. Oh my god. When the reality is that you died years ago when you lost your first wife. Oh my god. What I'm saying is that you're a ghost. Corbin Dallas takes off his jacket and feels his back. There's blood! 
he slumps against the wall and thinks about all the stuff that happened, but he was a ghost the whole time? <laughs> so I'm the sixth element? Huh? Oh, uh, uh, no, the sixth element is Obus. You harvest it from the Obus berries. These wonderful little suckers pack an amazing high. Sure is fucking sticky, though. I have my inside man Fritz the cook to thanks for the tip-off. Fritz walks up. Glad to be of service, Mr. Zorg. Fritz, you double-crossing quiet, Corbin Dallas. I'm the captain now. Now, Mr. Zorg, about my fee. Ah, yes. You delivered 300 pounds of obish. Let's say 8 million. We already agreed on 10 million. A deal's a deal. Well, I think you could take less. A whole lot less. Zorg puts a bullet into Fritz. Now, where were we? Then, a ghost trap lands at Zorg's feet, and Corbin Dallas is pointing a proton blaster at him. Got milk? Smash cut to down with the sickness. The end. <laughs> oh man, is there a better way to end the movie than smash cut down to the sickness? We definitely, no. we definitely have our like uh, unanimous beats amongst each other, like things no, that no, we uh, no, like. No. Uh, you did a great job. That's yeah. oh yeah, no, also uh, yeah. Uh, um, super funny. Uh, 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 and not that I ever have a problem with the silliness, but did he, I really don't think you strayed like as far as. We I can have. go on oh, this yeah. podcast. Yeah, no. It's and uh, true. other than references to the other properties at like Ghostbusters, it's like I don't know. It's kind of in line with uh, uh, what could happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, 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 I thought the reveal would be that Zorg was a ghost. It, well, it was. It was. It, it was a. It was it, dubious at the end there, right? Because yeah. he, you know, he threw the. But then again, it was also like. There's no real answer here. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and uh, uh, you wrote some great Zorg lines uh, um, yeah, in your thing for you yourself really to deliver. Did. There's something about you know, imitating Zorg that's yeah. just like fucking uh, fun. Great, like, yeah, great it's character. A, it's a this southern, is my favorite feature. It's southern debutante. Absolutely. Gary Oldman doing a fucking character, making choices. You know, be like doing something with the role. I, yeah, I, I don't know. he's a good actor. Apparently, he's Do what done some regrettable things, but he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're probably wondering what something like this costs. No, not really. I no. mean, I, I, I was wondering. Just, just can't. I, don't I, I was wondering. No, 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 no. I was he wondering. asked. Yeah. Well, he didn't really ask. Yeah, I was just. I said you're probably wondering, which, well, isn't, I, I, which isn't a question. But you said you're not wondering. Look. But some people out there might be. So just in yeah. case some of you are, who aren't Desmond, um, <laughs> the budget was $10 million. All right, low budget. It was, um, yeah, a lot less, seven-eighths less than the original, which was uh, the most expensive movie ever made at the time, probably. In France. It was the most expensive movie made in France. It was made in France? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. It was made in France and London. Uh, no, I'm saying that doesn't explain it but oh yeah that no uh, yeah whatever um critic score 45 percent didn't like it audience score 90 percent really liked it (laughs) total runtime of 80 minutes that's economical (laughs) it was relatively concise and to the point that was a plus for me this had more turns than a pretzel more than two turns my son really enjoyed the dinosaurs or the cavemen I liked that it was very obviously a combination of the fifth element, the sixth sense, and Bobo Bobs. I love that kind of world-building cross-pollination kind of thing. So rich. So deep. So dense. I liked this movie more than Signs. 
much more than Lady in the Water, and only slightly less than the original film, The Sixth Sense. No revision needed. This is the exactly kind of rush job script I pay good money to go see. <laughs> and um, written over a couple days. <laughs> um, I, uh, did you have any more stats? No. I also I like your opening scene with Zorg and uh, Mr. Glass. Yeah, uh, I, like uh, I actually really like that. I'm getting stoked, you know, for our listeners out there. I don't know if y'all are into the uh, Unbreakable universe, but uh, 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 Glass is beat in production right now, yeah. and that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. sweet. And then they had they sort of. What was that other movie that split. was split? Yeah, okay. yeah, split. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was sort of massive, the teaser at the end. There. Massive spoilers for the end of Split. Then, but uh, okay, it's but known. everyone knows. Yeah. Unbreakable came out. It did. So long 2001? ago. So yeah. long ago. Yeah. It's a, so if we I'm want a prequel sequel. Se- they're bringing it back. Yeah, so if we want a prequel sequel Unbreakable, there's a, there's a time on it right now. No, there's not. But Split isn't like a direct sequel. It's like in the same universe. That's uh, that's actually a fair argument. Yeah. It's tacked on yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. We'll, play, we'll leave it on the table for now. Yes. But we just did a lot of things involving Bruce Willis and Mr. Glass. That's true. That's so, true. you know, on the other hand. Yeah. So we don't know. You know. We'll we'll leave it up to uh, fate, yeah, to decide. But uh, again, great job, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic job. Yeah. All right. Well, we had a, a masterful uh, sequel to Fifth Element, just delivered by Scott Hanchu. Let's uh, let's bring it into the remake territory, Peter. Um, I am personally extremely intrigued by what you're doing with this because uh, a, a remaking a movie that set takes place in the future. How do you add your spin on it? Let's find out. Oh yeah, it's um, I want. So I want you all to imagine this coming out this year um, and through the lens of this director and um, these performers and as read by me, a mostly nasally, almost 30-year-old straight white man. You're not that nasally. I'm, I'm kind of nasally. I, I would all- probably f- categorize a few nasal points higher than Peter. That's I would fair. say on the would, scale uh, of, yeah, annoying, that's fair, right? of, of annoying voices on this podcast, I'm like... Uh, Obnoxious sounding. No, you're not. Then maybe you. You stop that. And Scott's pretty like neutral voice. You, you stop. Wait, I'm, the mo- I'm like the most nasal. Yeah, De- Desmond, you. I would have done the opposite. I would have done the opposite scale completely. Like no knock on Scott. I was one saying I was. I was saying I was the most annoying sounding. Whatever. Okay. Anyways. Hey, mail in. Tell us who's the most annoying. He's got the most annoying voice in the podcast. Damn, you really want to know? Leave your comments in the pocket. In the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you can leave them. That's your no yeah. ask you. That's where you leave your stupid comments. Yeah. Here, um, take it away. Take it away. Take it away now. You love the red hot chili peppers today. Is it the heat? Hey, McFly. Yeah. It is the heat. You ain't got the power. Look, we don't. Speeds we don't of ta- sweat give it away. Look, we don't talk about Flea after he refused to give Scott a fist bump that one yeah. time. But like I said before when we brought it up. You know, through the, I understand he was just about to go on stage. He's a performer. Like, what if, what if, he, what if he had done the fist bump and then he breaked his hand? You know, <laughs> and like, then he can't play. It would have been a, a hell performer. Of a story. You have to think about these kind of things. All right. Anyways, um, remake title, Fifth Element. Yeah. 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 Um, tagline: It's elementary. Oh, <laughs> Alternate tagline. Yes, Lilu is wearing the outfit in this one. <laughs> Director, Patty Jenkins. The fifth element is a classic. Let's class this up. Synopsis. Earth. The year is 2322. Deep in the heart of Egypt, an ancient and strange temple is guarded by a series of... Mm, 
Templars? Uh, protecting the shrine dedicated to the four ruling elements of life. Fire, water, earth, and wind. Presiding over them is Father Cornelius, Paul Giamatti. The father <laughs> casually explains to a nearby lackey that we are soon approaching the dawn of the fifth element, which will ensure the continued existence of mankind. Before the lackey can contemplate how this qualifies as normal conversation, a quake suddenly breaks out throughout the temple. An apparition appears before them. It's Zorg, as portrayed by Bruce Willis. Wow. Call back to the original. Nice. Um, Zorg informs all of the Templars that Mr. Shadow, as portrayed by Mr. Shadow, um, is on his way to Earth to usher in an era of darkness and destruction. But you're human. Why would you want to destroy the Earth? The same reason everyone destroys the Earth. Money. Delicious, delicious money. He laughs hysterically and ends the transmission. Father Cornelius doesn't hesitate and hits a nearby distress speaker. You'll, you'll find a sound effect. <clears throat> I know. It's a placeholder. Yeah. Uh, cut to Amon Dashawan's spaceship is entering Earth's atmosphere, but is under heavy fire from some stupid pig-faced aliens with Cockney accents. <sighs> Despite having a bigger ship and clearly superior technology, the Amon Dashawan ship is damaged severely and is sent hurtling into the planet below. The stupid hog aliens laugh hysterically and get spittle and slobber everywhere because extinguishing life is funny, I guess? You had a problem with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a, Their ships are so small and the other one's so big and they, like, they shot it like four times and it like died. I was like, what? I mean, they're also jiggling around like an unnecessary amount yeah, while they're like, shooting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you, I mean, you know, you look at the actual fighter pilot, they ain't moving that much because, you know, one false move, yeah. your ship's going down. No, it's so, it's you know, bad. Yeah. yeah. And there was only two. Anyways, um, just as they're ready to turn around, a rumbling echoes from below. Suddenly, a humanoid figure bursts from the wreckage of the ship and blasts towards them at breakneck speed. The aliens, suddenly regretting every stinky decision that led to them at this point, are noticeably upset. The humanoid crashes through the hull of the ship with fantastic force, which immediately starts to plummet toward the planet below. She holds up a glowing mechanical orb, the ship's cooling system. As the ship's core starts to melt down, the two pig aliens stare deeply into each other's eye slits, regretting that they never took the time in life to settle the little things. Long hikes on Orphan Fire Mountain, engorging themselves on virgin flesh, Badminton Tuesday on the Yacht Club, and the two embrace and tie their mandibles together in one last moment of carnal bliss, and then the ship explodes. The humanoid is sent hurtling back to the planet below. Meanwhile, in New York City or wherever, um, retired army something or other Corbin Dallas, John Leguizamo, is trying to get a few last fares in on a shift, despite dealing with a phone call from his nagging mother. As portrayed by some actress who is probably above doing this, but can't really pass up a two-day voice acting gig for a major studio. Come on, how many times do I have to remind you that you haven't given me grandchildren? Why haven't you put your own goals and aspirations aside so I can really give the experience of motherhood? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, Ma, I know. You want a grandkid, I get it. Thanks for bringing it up literally every time you call. Kind of busy, not trying to lose my driver's license here. But I can get on the kids right after I move out of the closet I'm living in. Corbin, don't you care about me? Uh, all right, Ma, I love you. Cor Corbin, wait, did you pick up my medication? Okay, bye. 
Corbin lights up one of those weird future cigarettes, which is like 90% filter for some reason, when something crashes into the back of his cab. Oh, geez, ain't that great. Just what I needed. Only had 15 more payments on this bad boy. Corbin gazes into his back seat to see a nearly naked humanoid female, as portrayed by Natalie Dormer. Instead of being immediately concerned about the living thing that hurtled some ridiculous distance into his cab, Corbin is immediately aroused because he is a man! <laughs> I am not opposed to Natalie Dormer playing Lilu. No, I love Natalie anyway. Dormer. She's, she's a badass. Um, yeah, she's a badass. I love Natalie Dormer. <clears throat> um, and she starts speaking to him in some sort of alien language. Yeah, lady, I don't speak whatever jibba-jabba you're jawing with. Please help... Uh, girly, I can definitely help you uh, with a lot of things. This is such a weird fucking pairing <laughs> of stars that... Oh, man. Sorry. Please help. She passes out from exhaustion. Suddenly, Corbin hears police sirens in the distance. Not wanting to explain the bloody, nearly naked girl in his back seat, he speeds off into the night. Aboard his giant spaceship or mansion or something, Zorg enjoys a glass of brandy while taunting a crying puppy with a delicious milk bone just out of reach. <laughs> oh, yes. Delicious calorie-free suffering. Um, sir? Zorg's secretary, David, as portrayed by a, a character actor, uh, butts into the room. Well, what do you want, David? You know I don't like to be interrupted in my boudoir. Well, um, sir, the, the shareholders just exited a meeting. Um, we had sharp losses this last quarter. They're recommending laying off 10,000 employees. A million. Uh, what, what, sir? Lay off one million. Well, um, not to be a buzzkill, but that would require almost completely depleting our workforce. And with the cost associated with rehiring and training, it actually doesn't make financial sense to two million. I feel like this is just going to go higher up every time I ask. Zorg stares blankly at David. Okay, well, um, two million, I guess. Go ahead and out, David. Uh, yes, Zorg? You're fired. I mean, we only have 1.5 million employees. Technically, you're fired. You're fired, too. No, whatever. Uh, Zorg clutches his brandy, cl <laughs> brandy closely. Cut to Father Cornelius in his suspiciously nice apartment for a man of the cloth. Also, how did he get here so fast? In the future, I guess. Anyway, he's mumbling to himself about duty, or something. Doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Suddenly, there's a thunderous knock at the door. Before the father can open it, Corbin kicks it open. He has the girl draped in his arms. Hey, hello, uh, Father Cornelius? Oh, why, why yes, how did you know? Uh, this girlie here explained it where you, when you were off screen. Didn't seem necessary to show the audience. Well, that, that just sounds like efficient storytelling. Yes, very efficient. Anywho, uh, what's with the who with the lady here? Oh, right. Cornelius explains while she is technically a girl, she's actually a supreme being comprised of the fifth element. The fate of the universe rests in her hands. She is the missing key to activate an ancient weapon to defeat the fiery mass set to consume Earth in less than 30 hours, a.k.a. Mr. Shadow. 30 hours? Uh, all right, we better wake her up there. Instead of trying literally anything else, Corbin decides to kiss a sleeping, basically naked stranger to solve the relatively simple problem of waking her up. When their lips touch, the girl immediately wakes up and, with the force of an enraged jet engine, kicks Dallas squarely in the testicles. The pain is unlike anything Corbin has ever experienced. <laughs> he is fairly certain at least one of his balls has been set inside his body cavity. Permanently. <laughs> well, uh, thank God for modern medicine, I guess. 
Not without my permission, she says. Uh, good to know you speak English after you completely wreck my balls, lady. <laughs> I am a supreme being. Of course I can speak your language. Uh, you know, now that I'm hearing you say it, that makes sense. If we're done attacking each other's genitals here, we have some destruction to avert. Father Cornelius explains that he's used his patriarchal powers to rig a contest to the pleasure paradise of Toblerone. The two of them will go there posing as a married couple and meet with the priest's contact in order to retrieve the mythological stones required to complete the ritual. The two head out to the luxury liner set to whisk them away to Toblerone. Father Cornelius heads back to the temple to prepare for their arrival. Hey, uh, if we're gonna be husband and wife, I kinda gotta know your name. Lilu Lemon. Says Lilu Lemon. Well, um, I'm just gonna call you Lilu then. <laughs> Oh, like the pants store? Yes, exactly like the pants store, Scott. Oh, I was thinking Futurama. Oh. <clears throat> What's your name, soldier? Lee Lemon. <laughs> ah, well, what kind of lotion do you use? <laughs> Pert and popular, sir. <laughs> It's the episode where Fry sees a bunch of guards beat up, like, or sees Leela beat up a bunch, a bunch of guards. Fry, like, thinks he did it. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I totally took out those guys. Wait, that wasn't even me. <laughs> anyway, it's a good um, show. It yeah. is a good show. Um, at the luxury liner, Zorg has somehow gotten wind of this plan. He has ears everywhere, I guess. Anyway, instead of trying to bribe someone to get on board, he repeatedly tries to pose as Corbin, and it fails immensely, forcing Zorg to purchase a ticket at surge prices. <laughs> on board the liner, Corbin awkwardly tries to force some sexual attention between Lilu and himself to absolutely no effect. Reminder, she's a supreme being and he's a failed taxi driver. The liner is beautiful. Everything is pansexual, glowing, and sheen. And don't get me started on the sheen. After they receive their room assignment, Corbin feels a tap on his shoulder. Excuse me, queen, but where have you been? Corbin is surprised to find its legendary TV personality and talk show host, RuPaul, obviously portrayed by Dennis Rodman. Nah, it's RuPaul. I'm just kidding. Yeah, come on. He's got to have RuPaul in this role. RuPaul's like, fuck no. <laughs> but yeah, signs away like like the, you know, the uh, the likeness and uh, uh, name rights. Right. Um, oh yeah, RuPaul. I'm all happy to see you and everything. Uh, huge fan, honestly. But um, what? Honey, you needed to be here yesterday. I've got a show to do. Corbin is then put through a series of challenges, including assembling a boxcar racer out of hair care products, putting on an entire variety show impersonating various celebrities of the time period, and throwing a good old-fashioned game of cornhole. It's honestly super charming and definitely something you should tune in to see Thursdays on VH1. We'll be right back. <laughs> After completing these various tasks, RuPaul presents Corbin with his prize, the Four Stones. Uh, I appreciate you giving me the stones and all, but uh, couldn't you have done this without the runaround? Look, Missy, you don't tell me how to be an ageless celestial being, and I won't have tell you how to be a penniless taxi driver. Suddenly, as if prompted by some sort of third act, Zorg appears. <laughs> <laughs> I need those stones. They're the only thing standing between me and my precious money. Sure, all life on Earth has value, but can you quantify it in dollars? I... you definitely can. I think not! Zorg approaches them with bad intentions. He raises his fists as if he's preparing for fisticuffs. When suddenly, RuPaul strikes him across the face with his mic or walking stick or whatever, whatever it is. 
Just between us squirrel friends, I'm gonna enjoy this. RuPaul bicycle kicks Zorg in the face. Zorg tries to counter with a swift jab, but RuPaul snaps his arm at the wrist. Unfazed, Zorg attempts to counter again with another swift jab. And again, sadly, this is no more effective than the first time. And his arm is swiftly snapped at the wrist. As Zorg's limbs hang limply and useless in front of him, RuPaul removes the mic head from his walking stick to reveal the barrel of a laser cannon. He shoves the barrel into Zorg's mouth. It's time to lip sync for your life! He executes Zorg by laser blast. <laughs> the whole luxury liner cheers the cold-blooded murder because celebrities? Um, RuPaul, Corbin, and Lilu com- commandeer the luxury liner and head straight for the temple in Egypt. The liner arrives at the temple in style! Uh, Paul Giamatti, Father Cornelius, ushers the three into the heart of the temple. The other Templars assemble the stones in their proper position and activate them without any struggle because they've had literally hundreds of years to prepare for this precise moment. As Lilu begins the ritual, Corbin tries to kiss her. What, what are you doing? Uh, well, I thought, you know, the fifth element, you know, it must have been love. Are you a child? Well, only emotionally. Multipass! Lilu kicks Corbin the balls again and sends him shuffling backwards. She successfully completes the ritual and then banishes Mr. Shadow into the Shadow Realm, I guess. Um, he's, he's dead. I'll get you next time! <laughs> um, I, I seriously almost put, I'll get you next time in mind. It just didn't fit anywhere. But yeah. It was, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Yeah, it's that's, good. That's, that's, that's good. We should do Inspector Gadget. And that's another story. There are sequels. sequels. A lot of them, <clears throat> unfortunately. Um, anyway, we so, should not have done it. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Anywho, um, everyone on the luxury liner cheers. RuPaul motions to the DJ to start the music. He does, and they dance the night away. Corbin's mother starts calling him again, but after so many swift kicks to the testicles, he's completely sure he won't be able to produce grandchildren, and he doesn't answer. Cut to the RuPaul's Drag Race end theme. Roll credits. Nice. Fuck yeah. Uh, Great job, girlfriend. Good, 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 good work. Uh, your casting was superb for this. Uh, uh, Thank you. Uh, uh, I think I think the the age difference between Johnny Legs and uh, 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 Natalie Dormer is even more inappropriate than, than Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich. Yeah, that's why nothing so, happens. Yeah, mm. yeah, good call. <laughs> um, um, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know who uh, either of those people are. Johnny, Johnny Legs? Legs? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Natalie Dormer looks like Lola Bunny. So there you go. Oh, oh, yeah, that a little bit maybe. A yeah. little bit? I mean, I didn't thought a about little it. bit. I literally <laughs> hadn't thought about it till just now. Let me see so a picture. Me, anyway, we'll do yeah, this later. We'll do it later. Uh, anyway, um, 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 fucking Paul Giamatti. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's just like, like, like that really hit a bone of me. It was just like. <laughs> Yeah, he would be the cantankerous asshole priest. Guy. It was odd to see uh, Bruce Willis as Zorg because you know it's like that's a complete opposite of what he was in the, in the yeah, beginning. But Coming he, back to the remake, he's like, "Well, you, you, you're not gonna have me do Corbin. You're gonna have fucking John Leguizamo do Corbin." Yeah, Corbin. This guy's like fucking five years younger than me. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, he doesn't look five years younger than me. He looks much. Younger. No, great job bringing the repaw in there. If anybody was gonna fill yeah. Ruby's shoes, it's gotta be which. Hey, Simpanico. Again, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, if we can bring, bring a fucking Ruby Rods jet drag race. It's oh, just yeah, like, no. uh, oh, we're yeah, all just yeah, connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, is it? Yeah. How do you not think that? Yeah, watching? I, was like, I was. I was like, is it too on the nose? But I'm like, no, nah, it's it's. People will cheer. And you people know, will cheer in the theater. To, absolutely, Woo! I would. Uh, to, to go back to Ruby Rod for a second. It's not. He's not even that fucking ridiculous of a character. It's like we have uh, hosts like yeah. this of, of major TV shows. You would be lucky to have a Ruby Rod. Is yeah. all I'm saying. You would yeah, we would. you would be lucky. You would. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, yeah. I'm a Ryan Seacrest type, and you know, yeah. Oh man, I love oh, that. Oh, that God, I love that. Luckily, show. that era is dying out. Oh man, I love I love BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah, that's it, that's so good. Wait, um, isn't that? I am a Ryan Seacrest type is the intro. Oh, I was thinking that was Mel Lockley. I was also thinking no. it was Mel Lockley. Oh. But that is Bojack. It's Bojack, yeah. yeah okay, fine. Um, Both good shows. But there's shows, a similar joke in Mel Lockley. Yeah. Anyway, correct uh, us fans if you yeah, want. I will Difference s- being that uh, Bojack's going to get another season. Yeah. Uh, and they both deserve it. I will say that I don't dislike Corbin as a character. However, all, all those moments that I'm like hitting on were like... I don't the like. I feel like the movie applauds him for taking those actions, and I'm happy. You know, gets kicked squarely in the testicles for. Yeah, he does get hurt genitally yeah. quite a bit. You pointed out earlier. In fact, the, the I don't think the movie applauds him uh, no. for kissing sleeping. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, she's like this supreme like super being, and she still needs this like whoever man to like save. It's the true. I mean, in, yeah. in the real yeah. world, we yeah. didn't bring that up. Really, yeah. supreme being, he would have just died right there. Yeah, that would have been like. Yeah. The ultimate offense. But yeah. anyway, you know, hey, great job, Peter. Thank you. Um, and yeah. uh, wow, well, that really, we yes, really we got we some did stats it, to go did Rooney, uh, did Rooney it up. Yeah, exactly. So, Peter, what, what's a what's a what's a remake for the Fifth Element called the Fifth Element cost? It's called Fifth Element. Oh, it's not called the Fifth Element. No, you got to remove the article. Ah, so it would be in a, if. It would be in a completely different place in the uh, DVD store, which doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, you know, it, depending on whether or not they included the the, yeah, you know, exactly. Some they, people do they do com- they do the, thing and then comma the yeah yeah. Anywho, uh, Rotten Tomato score critics seventy five percent. While a somewhat unnecessary remake, who could say no to a movie where Bruce Willis is executed by RuPaul? Audience. True that. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Audience eighty two percent. John Leguizamo took it like a champ. Francis Cartwright, testicle doctor, MD. I, I really liked how Lilu wore the outfit. Teenage male, USA. <laughs> Ugh, this ruined the fifth element. How could a girl survive in space? Some loveless asshole, the internet. Budget, $150 million. Expected gross profit, $450 million. Actual gross profit, $680 million. Hollywood has once again underestimated the appeal of films with strong female leads. Uh, trivia. RuPaul filmed all his scenes in one day, not because of schedule constraints, just because he's that good. <laughs> um, and there was a Snapchat filter tie-in for the movie, which makes you look like a very upset Bruce Willis. And that's it. Yay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that was another very successful episode of Prequel, Sequel, Remake. Um, I would say so. Friends. It's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can tell already. This I mean, we're congratulating long. ourselves, but we really want you to do it <laughs> in the audience. So, and uh, you, you can you know. do it on um, any podcast. We're literally, I believe, we're on every podcast platform. At this if point. you know of one that yeah, we're not on, then let us know. Drop us a line at prequel sequel yeah. remake at gmail.com. Um, but if you're not subscribed yet, um, just go to prequel sequel remake.com slash subscribe. There's a list there with every podcast network. Click on your favorite, hit subscribe or follow. 
follow or like. They're all different on all the podcast networks. Um, if you liked what you heard, leave a review. Or you can hit the donate button on prequelsequelremake.com. Every little bit helps us keep the podcast going. And um, honestly, we just love hearing from you guys. Um, so if you want to thank us in person, use the Anchor app. Leave us a voice message. Um, as you heard on our best of episode... We might, we'll listen to him. And we might, we might play it yeah. live on the air. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You do never know. All right, um, so Scott, what do we have for the next episode of Prequel, Sequel, Remake? On the next Prequel, Sequel, Remake, will it be a movie version of that video of that old privileged white man on BART yelling at that guy for eating a burrito? Oh, man, that bummed me out. I thought it was hilarious in a way where it's like, fuck that guy. But in a way where it's like, it's just fucking funny. This is this fucking guy's like, he's, he's dining. He's dining on the cart. <laughs> it's just like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> a all- movie version of that. Or will it be... Uh, um, well, it's uh, it's gonna be Pineapple Express. Oh, right, yeah. yeah the, I was the, so high from the weed smoking, bef- getting ready for Pineapple Express and the high weedness 420 that I forgot. I'm actually very excited. For but this. Yeah, 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 we're gonna have I, a really uh, good time yeah. with that. Tune the uh, fuck. Uh, in. Yeah, um, yeah. Scheduling notice: we're actually gonna release that on a Monday because that Monday will be. The um, ten year anniversary of the release of Pineapple Express, um, so we're going to coincide with that. Ten uh, years, pre- pre- woo! Remake, um, yeah, it really doesn't feel like it. It doesn't, uh, but also we're old and life is fleeting. So. Turn yeah, around. yeah. So tune in for that <laughs> every now and then. I get a little bit turned See, see the fucking look in your Shit. Ah, sidetracked again. Pineapple Express next time. Tune in. It'll be on a Monday. We're going to have fun, and I hope you will. Come on back. Woo! Cast. All right, play the Hey Dude theme, and we're out. Hey, dude. It's a little wild and a little strange when you make your home out on the range. Start your horse and come along. But you can't get it right if you can't hold on. Sing it, 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 sing it